Hey, Alan. Hello, hello. How's it going? Good. How's it going? <laughs> it's warm. <laughs> it is, isn't it? You have the same kind of problem. <laughs> yep. It's pretty warm here too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, not a fan. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> is it? Is it humid over there? Yeah, we get it super humid. It's yeah, it's generally in the 50s, 60s, uh, sorry, 60s or 70s humidity percent, and it's um, just sticky all the time <laughs> muggy <laughs> yeah exactly yeah okay that's that that's different here here we have dry heat it's right yeah pretty nice and dry although i've heard some... that that's ma a bit more manageable yeah <laughs> yeah it is although some days it gets a little bit humid but not a big you know not not anything com compared to yeah you know what you probably experience over there or the east coast here of the u.s right it's sure pretty... exactly yeah yeah, unfortunately, the, the times I've lived in places that have been warm have all been humid places. So I'm, I, I associate hot with very sticky, muggy kind of weather. <laughs> I'm yet to be somewhere where it's uh, dry heat. So I need to give it a give it a fair shot, I think, at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you got to come live in the West Coast of the US. <laughs> Are you offering? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come live here and uh, you'll experience that dry heat. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, so well, one day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How have you been? Been good? Good. Yeah, good. I have a sort of a, a big news, big announcement. Oh. So yeah, I recently accepted a, uh, a new role as a software engineer or software developer joining a remote team. So I'll be working remotely 100%. Excellent. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That'll get rid of that uh, nasty long commute that you were increasingly having to do, right? Yes. Yes. I'm so looking forward to not having to do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess this is, uh, it, do the company, is it entirely remote or is it um, like partially? I think partially. Yeah. Okay. But right, right. But uh, I'm pretty sure a pretty big part of the company part. is remote. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's just going to keep getting more and more of like people are, are going to be looking for this as a, you know, not even a nice to have. It's like essential. You got to be remote or else it's not something I can consider. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in our line of work. I mean, it's right. so, it's so ubiquitous and, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's possible because of the nature of the work. It's just right. lends itself to being able to do it remotely. You know, it's just exactly you know, writing code and and technology has come a long way in terms of you know communication as we can experience here. Absolutely. Well, I mean, <laughs> we, I'm kind of gonna... you know, <laughs> I have a you know a, a little bit of an interest in this myself, as you think you've noticed. But yeah, I think it's. It, what was kind of ex not extreme, but it was on the edge of what people were willing to accept a few years ago with work styles. Now it's it's just normal, right? Um, yeah. And I yeah. think companies are going to find it harder and harder if they're entirely office based, unless they've got something seriously going for them in terms of like you know, like everybody wants to work for this company. I'm thinking mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. Apple, Google, and Co., which will always have people which will be happy to pay crazy rents and travel to, to work there. Other companies are really going to struggle, I think, in the next few years, just because, well, you know, why should I have to put up yeah. with that? I mean, if you're that way inclined, I mean, there's always going to be people who prefer an office and that's cool also, but yeah. it shouldn't be the only way of uh, working, right? Yeah. And, and there are certain types of jobs that require that you be in person, right? So it right. depends on the, the type of job. So some of those are 
always going to be around and people need to be present, but staring at JavaScript is not one of them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So pretty, uh, they they, they don't have to hear you scream when you, (laughs) when you want to do it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that's uh, great news. Excellent. So is that because you have pretty short notice periods in the U S right? Yeah, the standard is two weeks. Two weeks, right? So, okay. Yeah, I, I gave my standard two weeks notice last week, so my okay. last day is uh, Wednesday next week. So. so the UK has a generally one month notice period, which really? is kind of weird because you spend a month kind of going, "I'm here, but like, don't ask me to do anything difficult," because you know it's literally just handing over your stuff, and then you get that done, and yeah. then you're like, "Well, what am I supposed to do now?" And nobody yeah. wants. To- give you put you on any work you don't get invited to meetings anyway so because everybody knows you're leaving it's a really weird month um, it is i think when i was in the us i think one of the companies was a one week and that felt like it was brutal but it was also like let's just get this over with you're leaving tell me what you know that i need to know and then just go it's all good yeah. otherwise <laughs> yeah, yeah but a month yeah. is just weird <laughs> yeah it is it's also weird the time leading up to to that when you yeah. are you know searching or mostly after you've accepted an offer somewhere else right? right and and or you're in the process and it's almost official but it's not for a few days because you know yeah. <laughs> you're waiting to make it official and then you're at work and they're talking about projects coming up and yeah. things you're going to be doing and then you're in in your mind it's like well, you know, I might not be here, but I can't tell you yet. <laughs> exactly. And you're trying to not show that. So you're trying to be yeah. like, positive about it, but you're thinking, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's very strange. Yeah, so it's, yeah. You're halfway totally. out the door anyway. Yeah, you got your one foot out the door. Anyway, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, congratulations. Yeah. That's, that's really good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Also, we also have school holidays here as well. So we have my son running around, which is, is he's not exactly disruptive or noisy, but it's definitely adds to the slight distraction of not being able to concentrate fully. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it's also, it, it's, it's nice, you know, it, it's really cool to have him hanging around too, but it's sometimes a little trickier than it is when it's quiet. <laughs> yeah. How old is your son again? He's 10. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, it, half the day he's like, so my friends are on Fortnite. Is that cool? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> what am I going to say no? <laughs> so, it, I mean, it, I think I've mentioned before, it's, it's amazing to see how Fortnite has become uh, this like social space for them over the past 18 months, you know, during the pandemic. And it's now we have, you know, what, 30, 35, 37 degrees temperature and blazing sun outside. It's like, well, it's probably not the best thing to go and run around in a playground at midday, right? So (laughs) an hour spent, you know, running around in Fortnite is probably a little better for his health. As you've yeah. seen from the probably the Olympic pain of like trying to play tennis in like you know thirty eight degrees temperatures, yeah. not fun. <laughs> Brutal. It is. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I wanted to share with you also. I couldn't get GarageBand to work. I <laughs> was working on editing uh, some of our past episodes that've been queued up and waiting for a while. And um, I mentioned the other day I had a. I had some trouble with GarageBand. Yeah, it just stopped playing, right? Yeah, yeah, it just uh, stopped playing, and it—I don't know. There's no sound at all. Nothing. Everything looks there, and I can see the, fun, you know, the tracks and the waves, mm-hmm. and and I 
played with all kinds of buttons everywhere and, you know, <laughs> trying to figure it out. <laughs> nothing, nothing. I even closed the project completely and started a brand new one and brought, you know, audio mm -hmm. files over mm -hmm. into the project and nothing. It just doesn't work. So, Does it work if you start a completely different audio file or is it just nothing? No, it's just nothing. Even <laughs> if it's even if it's a completely different file, yeah. nothing. So I don't know That's what it is. So I decided to just uh, bail out on GarageBand. Yeah. I don't have time to be dealing with that. So I uh, gave the script a try again. I did try it before one time and I, it, it's a great service and it's a great tool. I was very impressed, but it also in some ways kind of clunky and it kind of gets, it takes a little bit of getting used to. It does. Yes. Um, and I, I guess it didn't help the first time I tried it, I was editing a video and not just audio. Right. Right. So it, it was kind of weird. <clears throat> Yeah, um, it is a bit weird. It's better when it's just audio. Yeah, when I've tried it with, with video as well, because obviously it's cutting and chopping and slicing. So the video yeah. ends up just like, well, I can't deal with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it chops off parts of the video in, in awkward ways that you don't really yeah. want them. So this time I tried it with audio, uh, editing a couple of uh, episodes of, from our recordings, and it worked really great. I really, really liked it. It, it was a much better experience just editing audio you know yeah right, right. it's just such such a time saver i mean you know it, the the magic remove ums and ahs is like yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah knowing i am an um and an ara uh <laughs> is yeah it's just like yeah get rid of that make me sound a little bit more intelligent <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's a it's a, it's a great tool and cool. i like the the graphical interface as well where you can just drag parts of the audio and just remove yeah. long pauses or overwrite, you know, certain parts yeah. by just dragging yeah. to the left. And, kind and of just, re yeah, like I did some stuff where I rearranged stuff. It was just, uh, yeah, I want to say this before that. And it's like, that's crazy easy to be able to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, I think, you know, it's, it's got some way to go in some ways, you know, you can imagine, you know, where it might be in one or two years, but right now it's, it's really powerful for, for audio, just, just as a massive time-saving device more than anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think some of the work mostly needs to be on, on the user interface and yeah. the, you know, usability of it, where right. sometimes it gets a little clunky, but it, it feels a little, yeah, JavaScript. It's, it's that weird, not a proper native app things mm -hmm. so some things yeah you end up selecting the page as opposed to some text and it's like <laughs> yeah 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 i ran into that and it's like oh no you know i didn't mean to do that so uh it took some getting used to as yeah. well but overall the the technology behind it is so powerful and so cool i yeah. love it so mm -hmm. I'm, I'm thinking about paying for the you know paid service to be able to do more editing with it because right now it's just the free you know, right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I managed to scrape under the free tier, but yeah. <laughs> if we need to split any costs for this, obviously, just because. <laughs> well, I was thinking, you know, what if we hire someone to edit the mm. episodes? But that can be really pricey, you know, per yeah. episode. Yeah. And so, well, I was thinking, what are other ways that we could spend money on, but not as expensive? Yeah. And maybe yeah. the script is one way to do it, where mm -hmm. we could pay, but it's not. It's not that expensive compared to having an editor. 
Right, exactly. At least for now, you know, just, yeah. <laughs> it's like a middle ground. Until, you know, the, the sponsorships are rolling in. and you're just... Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm expecting FusionCast to be the primary sponsor, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> of course. I think it already is. <laughs> I think that. that... And, and what about dot plan? Oh, obviously, it's <laughs> natural. Plan that I owe. <laughs> it's funny. My son keeps like doing. He's like, I think. I don't know if it's as uh, as big a thing there, but for Japanese TV commercials or and for um, any brand, they have like a a signature like sound or jingle. Or it, it, it's almost like a. You know, like Intel has their ding, 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 ding at the yeah. end. Every brand has something at the end of a commercial here. So mm-hmm. whether it's for toilet paper or whether it's for, you know, face cream or whatever, they all have their their brand's sound logo. I don't yeah. know what they're called. A ringtone or something. <laughs> yeah, and they're yeah. incredibly powerful. I mean, like that Intel one is probably the best example I can think of in the in, in the English advertising world. Yeah. So everything has one here. So my son keeps like going up with ones for, for Dotplan. And I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna one of these is gonna stick. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, you gotta have you gotta have it. Absolutely. <laughs> you're you're in Japan, so <laughs> absolutely. Well, it's, it. it's weird here. I don't know if I've mentioned before, but it's almost like a rite of passage for startups for that they advertise on TV big time. And it's, I think there's a, a point when you get like funding, you do a TV commercial or a CM as they call it here, and it's. It, it's weird because some of the the strangest things which are like why the hell are they advertising on tv it, it doesn't seem to fit their profile but when you consider like the buying patterns especially of like any kind of business apps that's that the person who has to decide on it might be a tv watcher as in it might be an older guy that's you know running the company when someone says you know we, we want to pay for this he's like oh, i've seen the, the tv advert so yeah, okay. So I think it's that some recognition that they need to show that they're a real company and not just some fly by night internet thing. But it, it's it's weird some of the the startups that advertise here you're like, really? <laughs> you need a TV ad? It's it's quite bizarre. Huh. Interesting. Because mm. in yeah. the UK, at least when I left the UK, the internet companies didn't advertise on TV. Why would they? They have like this massive market of people spending all of their times on their phone why would you had you know why would you advertise on the old media but yeah uh, yeah doesn't doesn't make much sense it's kind of weird yeah. Mm. yeah yeah i don't i don't watch that much tv so i don't know what the landscape looks like nowadays on tv Probably like regular tv you know right I'm right usually exactly. if i if we watch something as netflix or you know one of those exactly. Well, th- th- that's my point yeah exactly who who watches broadcast tv now it's it's it, it's weird. Yeah. So my my, uh, th- this is my interpretation of it. It must be people. The people who are watching broadcast TV are probably the people who are going to have to sign off on something. <laughs> so getting their recognition of like, oh yeah, I've heard of this thing. It's yeah, it has that famous actor telling me it's good. So therefore, it must be okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Advertising is weird to me. I don't know. I don't understand it at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You need to choose. Well, <laughs> what else is new with you? It's, I had an interesting couple of meetings this week. This week has been a strange one. I had, you know, I go to the startup hub, startup cafe in, in town. Mm-hmm. So they contacted me a few weeks ago and asked if I would like some mentoring sessions. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm always interested in anything, any 
extra brain that can give me some feedback, I'm happy to hear. So there was actually, there were two separate events, but they ended up being one day after each other when they actually occurred. So the first okay. one was, it's a guy who, who lives here. I'm not sure of his nationality, he's European of some kind. And so he ran a company here that grew massively doing backup software, I think. And so he seems to have quite a lot of experience with growing and taking investment and exiting and things with startups. So I, I spent, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes talking to him just about what we were doing. So it, it, I didn't know going in what exactly his experience was. So it was difficult to know what to ask for it feedback on but it sure. ended up kind of being almost like a bit of a therapy session <laughs> in terms of it's like well why are you doing this what's the what's your goal what do you hope for achieve for this you know like and and so it ended up me almost reiterating or clarifying you know what my my hope is for the product and it's like well you know are you looking for investment well not really well why not and what uh, if you did, what would you do with it? And if you don't, why do you think you can get to? So it ended up becoming a bit of a, a therapy session rather than a, a product feedback session, which was which was interesting. I mean, just having that um, experienced somebody else who you don't know. I mean, it's different when you talk to people that you already have a relationship with. You They already know what you're like and what you're going for. But when it's somebody who you have no previous interaction with, it, it, was, it was interesting hearing myself justify why I'm doing what I'm doing. And also the things like, you do realize this is kind of a big thing to try to do on your own. I mean, if, if I was doing a, you know, a, almost like a, a micro SaaS or something that is, it, it's a product that you can sell for $10 a month and then you can, you know, sell a product or, live, you know, hit some MMR that you're happy with. But what you're trying to do is something that leads itself to expansion just because, you know, you're effectively your your ultimate aim would be selling it to enterprises and you're not going to do that as a solo founder right and so it's it was kind of interesting to hear it spelled out and and i kind of knew these things but having someone get me to talk through it was 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 interesting and it kind of raised some of the uh, thoughts in my mind as to you know well, what okay if those things are where it would kind of ultimately end up where do i want to see myself in that and what's my like six month goal with mm -hmm. trying to uh, do i want to head for that or do i scale back some of the the goals and try to be a little bit more focused on a particular segment so you know be, say for instance you know smaller on the smaller sme side so that that was kind of it was worthwhile it was definitely worthwhile doing and obviously his his biggest feedback product wise was you know focus on this in terms of product growth and, and marketing wise was you know just focus on trying to do it like a land and expand kind of idea you know get mm -hmm. a team of three people in the company using it and hopefully it will grow from there you know don't try to sell from the top just try to sell from what my network is which is smaller uh, not smaller but developers and engineering teams that might be within a larger organization that they might not be able to influence the company as a whole initially, but if they can use it internally for their small team, then it might grow. And so that was his, and they had similar success with their products. And he said, it's, you know, I, I, you, you can think of any, you know, bigger engineering based SaaS that they probably all start in a similar kind of way. Right. <clears throat> you know, it'll be 
three people in a bigger team using it because it's convenient and it's low cost and someone can stick it on their expenses and it's no big deal versus trying to get, you know, top down buy-in, which is, you know, requires sales teams and whatnot. So just at least making me concentrate on that from a, a growth strategy or at least a, a sales strategy is, is definitely makes sense. And it should be probably where I'm trying to focus rather than trying to sell big. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, and the other one was a, there's two people, they, they're Japanese founders. They sold their startup a few years ago. It was a beautician job network, I think like a freelancing beauty service. So okay. they founded that, I think like eight or nine years ago and they exited a few years ago. And so now they're investing and mentoring Japanese startups and they got like 20 uh, startups on their portfolio. And so I met with one of them. And so she was, which was interesting because she doesn't speak English, or at least a little tiny bit of understanding English. Mm -hmm. And obviously my Japanese is, is up and coming, shall we say. And so one of the people from FGN, he was there to help me with translation, but it was also interesting for me because I, I, I got to, it's probably the most Japanese I've used in a, in context with somebody I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I have Japanese lessons. I will, you know, I can get by in daily life, but in a business context, it's always been, I've never been the, the main speaker. It's, it's mm -hmm. just, I can understand, but I never really speak that much. So it's probably the first time when I was sat in a room with somebody that doesn't speak English in a business sense. And I had to try as hard as I could in Japanese and then fill in the blanks with the, the translator. So yeah. that was an interesting experience. And it, oh, you know, wow. it's, it's interesting. <laughs> How did it go? It, it went well. So yeah, she, she gave some interesting feedback with regards to how Japanese enterprises would see it and take it and what their what their concerns might be which are kind of valid because obviously you know japanese selling to a japanese business versus a a western one is is definitely a different mm -hmm. tactic mm -hmm. so she gave some interesting feedback on well you know what what some of the language we were using and what not to focus on and what to downplay a little bit and also some competitors that may be worth looking at for how they present their what they're doing. I mean, they're competitors in the sense that they're in the HR space and we're in the people project space. So okay. it's similar, but different, but just again, they're all, and it's interesting because that they are all going for the top down sales strategy, you know, they're selling to the, the management and, you know, that's kind of how decisions get made here. Obviously I, I'm still you know, I, th I think going in and trying to sell to the, the, the people on the ground is still makes sense as a sales tactic, but it obviously mm -hmm. might be more difficult to pull off here just because people don't have a expense credit card on for their business. Whereas I think we've always had in <laughs> every other Western engineering company I've worked for, everyone's got an sure. expense card, whereas it just doesn't really happen here. Interesting. So, I mean, a manager might, but it, it would have to still wouldn't be on the ground that they could do it. So there's a slight mm -hmm. difference, but I still think that that approach of no, I, I don't want to try and be a Japanese company from a marketing perspective. I want to try to show that we're not a, a typical company, which, you know, I, I, I can't pretend to be a Japanese company. It's never going to work. Right. So I might as well right. play to 
my strength, which is it's different. <laughs> right. So, yeah. But it, it, it was, it was, yeah, I, I hope so. <laughs> anyway, time will tell. You know, I'm not, I can't, I, I'm, I'm never going to pretend to be something I'm not. So just be who I am and what I want the company to be and hope that that resonates with some people that are looking for something slightly different. So, mm -hmm. but it was useful. Yeah. So they also wanted me to arrange another session next week with the, the other founder of this, this company. So he mm -hmm. apparently is more marketing focused and he's like more creative kind of side of the business. Mm -hmm. So they want to arrange a, another session with him. And the interesting question nice. came up was like, oh, you know, well, what's your, what's your team? Like, you know, you're having problems hiring people or kind of managing your team. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that'd be me. <laughs> and like, she's like, but I'm like, yeah, designed and built the thing and marketing and yeah, that's all me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of it's a little bit awkward you're like yeah sorry yeah <laughs> and the question was you know are you looking for investment and and i'm like i don't know maybe if if things work out then possibly <laughs> okay but, uh, it's a yeah <laughs> yeah that was going to be my next question circling back to what you mentioned earlier you know the question being why are you doing this and and are you interested in in funding and so why are you doing this <laughs> and are you interested in funding <laughs> it's i mean my I, it was interesting hearing myself you know because this has all been internalized and i think you know when i wrote the the business plan i think we've talked about this before just kind of yeah. writing in black and white you know well, what am i trying to achieve here was very helpful and then that, that was a year ago so coming back and somebody saying well why are you doing this now and it, it's the especially we you know with what we were just saying with regards to remote work and things is you know i really think that there's a better way for work, integrating work into your life than traveling an hour in a car and sitting in an office for eight hours you know, having done it for so long as in remote work and hybrid work it it's you know it always shocks me when when i did go back to an office for eight hours or more like 10 hours a day just how exhausting how little time you've got for the rest of your life and just how much it impacts your family life and things and i'm like this this is just unnecessary and okay you know it's it always felt natural to me to not have to be on a nine to six schedule but then seeing how the world responded after the pandemic that was you know well a it's possible but b it doesn't just work you know you can't just suddenly become remote overnight and Oh, that's it. We're all remote and everybody's happy and everything's fine. It doesn't just yeah. come naturally. So I really want to, I, I guess my, my bigger goal, you know, the, the, the more immediate is I want to sell software to teams to help them manage their day-to-day, -day, you know, working the bigger goal in, you know, if I was to have, you know, the, the, the belief sign on the wall, it would be, you know, to, to improve people's, you know, work life, N not just the balance, but the way that they, that work is part of their lives. You know, if it's yeah. realistically, you know, I'm not going to change that overnight, but what I can do is make remote working more palatable to um, more accessible to teams that are, that have tried it and had problems with it because it, it's difficult and people overcompensate by working too much they're answering slack at you know 11 o'clock at night i think there's there's some easy wins by structuring your day and structuring how you communicate better and so i'm trying to nibble away at those and just improve the way people can can deal with work and you know hopefully that 
make it bigger <laughs> over time. Yeah. So it's a big dream, but I don't know how you know realistic it is in a short term. So you know, I'm just trying to achieve what I can with me and then see where it goes. You know, obviously if things yep. start to stick, then I can start to be a little bit more bigger with my plans. Right. <laughs> so do I want yeah. investment? I, it, it's, I never say never, right. You know, I, I want to kind of, what I don't want to do is take investment too early, which is what I've seen at least take you know, big investment, you know, like smaller pre-seed family friends rounds is, is no, not our concern that that doesn't worry me. That sounds like, you know, not, not something that uh, I would worry too much about, but, you know, taking big VC money would, I, I wouldn't want to take it too early before I know that we're on the right track. I know that, you know, part of the, the reason for taking bigger investment is so you can learn quicker and iterate quicker, but I've also, I've just had too many bad experience, bad experiences of that not going well from seeing other people. <laughs> I'm not yeah. saying it has to go badly, but I'm just very cautious of it. So, you know, if it was obviously the right match and there was an, on a clear, you know, clearly a good relationship and something that, that made sense to me and, and I felt, you know, really good about, then it's, it's definitely possible, yeah. but I'm just super cautious of it. Just having seen how people respond and how people don't deal very well with a million dollars appearing in their business bank account. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, that makes sense. I, I feel the same way. I think, like you said, never say never. And, uh, you know, I don't think I, I would want to get into a situation where I have to take investment from big VCs and, not the you know I don't even know if 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 my product is um, I think you, know, you would have a candidate no for that but yeah right right <laughs> I mean but, I think you you possibly could there's definitely ways you could you know phrase it that that yeah. could make it viable right yeah yeah probably but I don't know I don't I don't think I don't think that's um, what I need at least uh, at the moment and like you were saying I wouldn't want to do that prematurely you know and uh, I think what I need more is time or, you know, connections, you know, marketing, which yes, that's achievable by having some influx of money, you know, and injecting money into the business. But I don't know, I, I think the idea of getting either angel investment or, you know, one of those tiny seed or one right. of those tiny know, seed is, is one of the interesting ones, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would be open to that, but it's still something that I I'm still thinking about, and I don't know that I would want to get into that right now. Maybe at some point in the future. I've been thinking about that lately, actually. I mean, it's but, it, yeah. bootstrapping in the in in the the sense that we're doing it, which is literally like you know it, you're working a full time job and then doing this on the side is bloody yeah. hard. <laughs> it is hard. <laughs> not not yeah. to put it too, but it, it's yeah, just time is is a killer, right? You just don't have enough time to focus on it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just setting up your life in a way that you can improve your time management and be more efficient with that and, and carve, you know, some time out of your day to work on it is what I, what I think is key more than anything else, uh, at least for me at this point, you know, it, that's the key to moving forward, not so much investment you know right yes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
Exactly. Yeah. It's just enabling and allowing that. And if investment did enable or allow that a little, I mean, you, you've taken the step of changing, changing your job to exactly. make that more feasible, right? Because, you know, if yeah. you're driving two hours, spending two hours in a car each day, then that's literally two hours that you could be working on FusionCast, right? Exactly. And that's one of the goals. If, you know, if you think about it, two hours a day, 10 hours a week, at yeah. least just that, there that's alone. Business, right? <laughs> yeah. That I, that I've, that I'm gaining that I can put into working on, on my project. So, yeah. yeah so that's, I, I think that's what I, on my end, I, that's, that's what I need, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and you're probably in a similar situation as well in terms of, cause we're at very similar levels. Yeah, in, in the stage we are at with our projects. So my question to you is, are you, are you asked me, you know, what's my like big pitch and what's my goal? I think, you know, yeah. I, I kind of know, but to state it for the record, what's your, what's your goal to achieve with FusionCast for the next, you know, in, in one year, what would be the perfect situation? In one year, I guess the perfect situation would be that FusionCast is one of the major goals is to help people, right? And help specifically for podcasters to have a, a better experience recording. And as a business, one of the goals is to obviously make it profitable so we can be around for a long time and continue to provide that, those benefits and that service. And on a personal level, get it to a point where it's viable enough to support me full-time. So uh, maybe not in a year, I don't know how long it's going to take, but get it to a point where it's generating enough revenue that I can uh, go full-time with it and be able to support myself with it. So do you, would you like to hire anybody else to work on it or you, you want to keep it a personal thing? I leaning towards keeping it a personal thing. I, mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind hiring help because I know I need help in certain areas that I'm not good at or I'm not the best at, you know, one of them being marketing or design, you know, designing the marketing website or designing the user interface for the product. I would like at some point to hire help with that, but I think I would hire do it in a more targeted way, hiring contractors. Right. You know, yeah. Yeah. Just kind of freelance based thing. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Makes sense. I mean, it's that that is it's a well. If you think if you if you hire somebody, suddenly you've doubled your uh, the amount of money you need to be <laughs> bringing in every month, right? You know. Yes. Whereas you know, if you spend you know x thousands of dollars to you know for somebody to do a job, it's it's a known quantity that you can budget for, right? So I mean, it makes a hell of a difference as to you know what kind of money they're company has to make right you know if you i mean this is what one of the weird things about like looking at pricing for it as well it's you know i i'm pricing original pricing plan is you know okay given you know 100 company 100 customers with these price plans and all the rest and you you realize that you know you, you, your pricing doesn't have to be high at all obviously you know you can scale the number of customers you get but if if it effectively takes off then you don't have to be expensive at all whereas obviously yeah. you know the, the other competition they have to either go massive in terms of amount of customers or mm -hmm. they have to charge a lot and yeah. it's you know I, I kind of miss the, the the old old web days of people making things because they could not just so they can become a unicorn right and so yeah. part of me yeah. is like you know i don't need massive amounts of money i just want to make something yeah. that's helpful to people so there's this constant like balancing like tight wire in my head of like well 
I don't want to do it too cheap, but at the same time, you know, I, I, I don't need that much money, right? <laughs> Obviously, yeah, yeah. right now it's not making anything, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, you kind of have to. I, I think, you know, if you start working on a, any kind of product, you almost have to have this this future image vision in your head, right? You have to be able to visualize where you want it to be. And I think if you're not building something, if you're not used to building products, it always feels a little like fanciful and far-fetched and, you know, well, I'll have a hundred people paying for it. But I don't think you'll progress very far unless you do have some kind of, if you are, if you're not able to visualize what it could be, right? You almost have to be able yeah. to see that in order to work towards it, right? Yeah. 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 I agree. I don't, that's one of the things that I think about a lot is, you know, how much do I really want this to grow, you know, <laughs> and how fast do I want it to grow? I rather grow slowly, steady, but slowly and mm. keep it under control. And especially if I want to keep it small, I want to, I want to yeah. follow that company of one model. You know, I mean, Paul Jarvis's company yeah, of one, I read absolutely. that book and it's, yeah. it's amazing. It and really I is. love that philosophy and, yeah. and that's kind of what I'm aiming for, you know? Yeah. I mean, th th this is the weird thing about like, my dream, I guess, is that me too, but I, I'm kind of tackling quite a big problem that it, it seems on the outside impossible to do for a, a, a solo founder, but I'm mm -hmm. like, why not? What, what, what's okay. There's, there's some technical things but again those uh, in terms of you know just support things that that will become overwhelming at some point but those are things which can easily be outsourced to an extent mm -hmm. but yeah what why not why can't i build a product that it can be used by you know large co companies and things you know that there are yeah okay there's there are limits on my time but at the same time it's it's not technically not feasible it's, right. it's definitely possible so yeah why not so yeah i mean i'm kind of going for the similar steady approach and just learn and figure out step by step just also it's it's just very fulfilling and very rewarding to do that right because it feels like mm -hmm. you're constantly improving and and learning and yeah I like it yeah I, I was gonna say that to your point earlier that it is hard to be working on it on the side working a full-time job and just doing this on a spare time but at the same time yeah it is really hard but it's also rewarding it and is. especially you know, once you have, when you start having people on board and having users using your product, it's pretty rewarding to see mm -hmm. someone else actually benefiting from it and see it being useful to someone else. It's yeah. really cool. It and, really is. Um, yeah. It fuels your desire to continue and gives you more energy to I mean, keep having, going. Yeah, having been through, you know, I, I built a number of products back in the early 2000s, and then I kind of went through a phase in the mid, early, you know, 2010s where I wasn't working on any actual products you know I was mm -hmm. I, I wasn't even tinkering I was just too busy and obviously I had a son which kind of took a, a major chunk of my time you know I, I was mm -hmm. working on a book which I guess counts but I wasn't working on any products and having now started getting back into that again it's amazing what it does for your for your mood and for your like, op I, I'm not sure if it's optimism, but it, it feels like progress. It feels like much better progress than when I was just working. Mm -hmm. It feels like I'm constantly improving rather than just fighting fires. It's, yeah. It definitely has had a big impact on my, my personal mood. And for that reason alone, you know, I'd recommend if anybody who has that inkling, you know, even if it's a, an open source project and you're the only user, it doesn't matter that that that, that isn't the 
the, the, the main point. The point is that you're building something. You're, you're yeah. constantly adding to your knowledge. You're constantly learning how to tackle different technical problems and use you know UX problems. And it's, it's just a, this constant, constant personal improvement that, that has a big effect on your, your, your mood and your um, feeling of well-being, right? Totally. Couldn't agree Even if more. It's sometimes exhausting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I totally agree. Cool. What else right. do you have? So I've been, I, I got a bunch of feature stuff wrapped up. I, I think I mentioned that I had this time card feature to dot plan for a client. So I, I basically added like editing and things to that, which was, um, Again, as I just was saying, it was doing stuff which I technically I wasn't sure how I would do it in Elixir, just because I've never had to do that. Which is is basically keeping an audit of like record changes. So if somebody goes and edits a time card, you want the manager to know that they edited the time card, right? So it keeps like a, an audit log of changes to these records. Whereas you know other cases, it doesn't matter so much. You know, if somebody edits their check-in, well, it's probably because they made a typing typo or they missed something. You don't care about the history. But in this case, it it is a, a necessary thing to have. So I've, I know how to do it in Rails, no big deal. I was like, I've no, never dealt with it in, in Ector and Elixir. So now I know how to do that. So <laughs> nice. That's awesome. good. And I've had a, a first a first go at um, doing the like onboard welcoming screens. I've, I've rewritten those and got those now as like a, a modal. When you first come into the product, there is actually now a separate um, like a welcome modal that, that gives that comes up and there's a second one for when you go onto the the new check-in page. I've done a load of rewording of things that just to tighten things up, tighten up some of the wording. I reorganized some of the check-in page to make it just look better. I've just resized things, adjusted the spacing. So there's a lot of tweaking going on, which it, it's amazing when you go back to the, the, just before I deployed it, you know, I'd been working on this full time, like, you know, in terms of what I was doing, I, you know, I was working on the development version and, then I went back to the production version before I deployed it, and I'm like, "Whoa, <laughs> this looks awful!" So it's amazing what difference just changing spacing and just one of the focus, one of the form fields wasn't focusing properly, so I fixed that. Lots of little tiny improvements, but I, for me, it feels a lot better now. So hopefully, nice. hopefully, people notice. But and so the next thing now is I just want to now as these are all kind of ready to roll I just want to send out a bunch more invites and I've got no reason to not do it now <laughs> so, all right so that's my plan for go. this this weekend is basically just send out another like you know five or six invites and learn what they think about you know it'll be a different set of feedback which I think I mentioned before that's what I really want from the next batch is feedback on the changes not from stuff I already know right yeah, are these f invites for demos or just to for them I'm to just, sign up? Sign yeah, up I, I kind of I, I've quit doing the demos now. I, I, mm -hmm. I find it much more useful to. I mean, especially since the feedback I want is from people um, going through the the process of inviting people, of onboarding. People. I, I almost know the the problems with that already. So therefore, mm -hmm. I working on trying to improve those things and let them just figure it out from themselves. You know, it's I people are, don't seem to be shy about giving feedback about the, yeah. depends on the person. Right. But I'm getting mm -hmm. enough feedback from them to make it, um, useful. So yes, yeah. I want to send out a bunch more and, and see what they make of it. So, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I guess in, during the early stages of the product, when it's not quite there yet, you kind of need to handhold people and onboard them and explain 
to them how it works and then you get feedback but then at some point you get you get the product to the level where now you want to test if people can do it themselves right exactly and see what kind of feedback comes back and what what points are confusing and what are the pain points in the onboarding process and all that so at some point you have to let go and just <laughs> and just you know have them do it themselves yeah exactly yeah and and yeah. i think you know to be honest even fusioncast i think you know you're kind of at that point now whereas you know especially with your demo video on your homepage you could watch mm -hmm. that and that's all you need really there, there's nothing yeah. more than that so yeah you have no excuse either man <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> interesting you mentioned that because i was exactly um thinking about that because I was like, I have that demo on the website now. And mm -hmm. it's pretty much, it's a really quick version of what you can do and what the back management area looks like. And I'm like, yeah, I don't need to be doing these demos anymore. Not so much. And I have gotten enough feedback that I can iterate. And yeah, I just, I need to catch up because my list right. has been growing as I get feedback. Yeah. And I need to catch up with those. So yeah, I, th I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> have you sorted uh, out your technical problems is the question yeah and that's yeah. part of what i wanted to share with you today is i'm working on that fix for the recording issue that i've had and uh, obviously recording is working really well but the problem that comes up every now and then which is kind of like an outlier but at the same time it touches on the core functionality of the product and and i'm not happy about it you know and actually the one this past week i onboarded one more person and uh, i wonder if she minds if i give give her a shout out here on <laughs> on the podcast she has a podcast but, and she probably is very happy for <laughs> right yeah absolutely <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Shout out to Vanessa Colina. She, she's uh, a designer and a uh, graphic designer and podcaster. She hosts a, a podcast called UX Backstage and uh, she agreed to have me do a demo for her. And so it was really interesting, really cool. She had a lot of feedback and pretty neat insights from a designer perspective and user experience perspective. And, and uh, she already has experience doing podcasts, right? So she already yes. has. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. So it was really neat. Thank you, Vanessa, for making time for that. Excellent. Time is our most valuable asset. So anytime someone agrees to spend time for something related to what I'm working on is just uh, gold. I'm so grateful about that. Excellent. So she has a so she has a, a podcast already. So she's already used to using tools and stuff, right? So is she going to try using this for future interviews and things? Yeah. Yes. So she's going to try it with. Well, she's going to try recording real life. You know, one of his right. one of her episodes, and uh, and provide me with more feedback in Excellent. a more structured way. During the demo, she did provide yeah. valuable feedback, but also she's going to try it on her own and then uh, report some feedback in a more structured way later yeah mm -hmm. so that was great so you have you done any work on your the marketing side your side of things or has this been an engineering session <laughs> it has been but that's part of the problem so i shared with you that i was changing the way i do things and spending one week doing product development and one week doing marketing and I'm sort of getting used to that and transitioning still into that kind of work cycle kind of yeah. thing. So I haven't been very productive this week or these past two weeks, actually. Well, you've um, been kind I, of 
getting another job as well. So that takes up a lot of brain energy, to be honest. (laughs) True. Yeah, that has had something to do with it. Just, yeah, my mind has been in multiple places. And one of the things, though, is that I guess these, at first, I, my idea was to do one week cycles, but I don't think that's going to work. I think it would also be really nice to make those cycles coincide with our meetings, because then I have these full two weeks to sort of report on and set goals for. And also, because one week seems way too short because I'm Mm. doing this during my spare time. One week goes by real quick and I can only dedicate a little bit of time every day to the project. So it changes on a week by week basis. I mean, I've had weeks where I like, like literally haven't checked and I haven't touched the code at all just because stuff's been happening. Right. Yeah. So that's been part of the not making progress the way I want it. Part of the issue that I've been trying to fix on the product itself, I haven't been very clear on how I'm going to fix this. Part of my mind's been distracted by just thinking about, okay, what are the ways that I can tackle this and how can I leverage this technology here or there and do it this way? So a lot of my time has been consumed by just thinking and and strategizing and trying to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, it it counts. And this is, I think, for somebody who isn't used to development or engineering, they kind of kind of dismiss this time. Whereas, you know, like, well, you haven't, you know, I haven't touched this for three weeks. And it's like, well, I might not have written code, but when I do touch it, I know how to write it as opposed to before when I had no idea. And that, that is you know, sitting in your brain for a couple of weeks sometimes is, is just necessary because otherwise you'll be spinning in circles and just wasting time coding when you don't actually understand either the problem properly or how you're going to solve it or all the consequences of it. So yeah, the, it's, yeah, that, that's, it's valid. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. That makes me feel better. <laughs> I haven't I mean, how many times? Have, time. <laughs> yeah, how many times have you, you know, spent you know hours trying to fix something one evening and getting nowhere, and literally yeah. the next day you get up and boom, fix it straight away. You know, it, it happens to me far too often that you think I'd learn by now, <laughs> but no. <laughs> I'll just go totally. for a walk and, you know, like listen to some music and then you come back at it and you're like, oh, I, I know how to do this now, but whereas before. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's completely valid and don't underestimate the value of it. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Thank you. Thank you for that. Because, yeah, it, it's, I guess work has been happening, but it's just, it's been in my head and not necessarily writing code. And at the same time, I've been editing episodes and making progress in different ways, but right. a lot of it is not tangible yet, you know. Right. But we'll get there. Sometimes all of that is, you know, it just happens below the surface and it might not be outwardly visible. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's things are happening. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, don't beat yourself up too much about it. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a journey, not a, you know, <laughs> you can't just yeah. suddenly pop it out. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. So that's been my past two weeks. Next. My goal is in the next two weeks, I actually want to get into full swing of things, coding and creating the solution for, for this problem. And I think I, I've narrowed it down to how I'm going to go about it and fix it. It's going to require quite a bit of work, just major changes in the way the recording is engineered. What I've done so far and what I have now is a pretty solid foundation for it, but it will need to be modified quite a bit to get around the issue of recording being so dependent on the browser. 
Gotcha. Right, right, right. Yeah. But I think it's going to make the product more solid and that's the goal. Oh, now I remember when I was talking to Vanessa and doing the demo, I mentioned the problem of recording being interrupted and having recovery mode as a feature to kind of mitigate some of that. And she asked, well, how often has it happened or how often does it happen? Well, it doesn't happen that often. So she challenged me to think about it and offered the possibility that this may not even be a problem to begin with, you know? Because, <laughs> I think we've mentioned this before, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because if it's not happening very often, maybe it's not really a problem that I want to spend time on right. and, and I can save myself a lot of time. But... I yeah, but at the same time, the more I think about it and and just the the issue is that when it happens, it has a major impact on the podcaster and also the guests because the recovery part, it's not ideal, it's not 100% either. So then it, it really presents a big problem, you know, when, when it happens, even if it doesn't happen that often. I think you, you've told me before, but yeah, how bigger the chunks is, is it seems to happen more about the video obviously because there's more data right so the audio is is pretty consistently uploaded right yeah mm -hmm. yeah it seems like uh usually audio is okay but video is a little bit of a problem mm. yeah i think i have a pretty good idea of how to fix it and i don't want this to be part of the it's a problem with the core functionality of the sure. product so i don't want it to to be a big issue and so yeah um and and the only reason why it may not be happening a lot right now is only because I only have a few users True. using yeah, the product. Yeah. So if I go at a larger scale, then it may come back to bite me if I just keep going with it, you know. Yeah, so yeah. I need to nail it down. So Yeah, yeah. I can understand uh, that concern. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I say yeah. with the fact that it is occasionally showing up with a small number of users means yeah that it could well be grow with the number of users that you have right so i can mm -hmm. i can understand your hesitancy yeah which would translate into a lot more support requests and it would mm -hmm. translate into a bigger headache so i think i need to really spend the time on that now and eliminate that problem at least have a good go at it right you know you yeah. can especially since you know you spend a bunch of time now thinking about ways to make it better you've got some ideas and understanding of how to improve it so improve it and then yeah if it occurs after that then consider okay how often let's try and measure how often it happens and then try to figure out if there's a if there's a way to fall back i mean you you're when you consider that the audio generally is okay and that isn't a problem you're not going to lose any audio or if you do it's going to be like you know a few seconds mm -hmm. you've already got the backup via twilio anyway right so you've always yeah. got that as a fallback so the worst case scenario is that someone would lose what 30 seconds of video at the end if this happened and it was that very unfortunate case that that might happen so yeah it's it'd be worth you know it you're so far along in having a go at solving it anyway try and solve it and then see what happens and and think about just measuring it and understanding the plus if you've got more data points from the real world you can understand you know why it's happening or what the, mm -hmm. the cases are better so mm -hmm. sure it's probably a sensible thing to do yeah i think for the next couple of weeks i'm going to be focusing on that primarily mm -hmm. and uh, squeeze in some podcast editing at the same yeah. time <laughs> and and possibly onboard one more Cool. One yeah. more person, and it probably would be the 
last one or one of the mm -hmm. last ones to onboard right. and then one it's on, like one on one you've, you've got enough data right so then it's just yeah like, you, you yeah. just bring people on so excellent yeah that's good news yeah good news. cool all right what about you what are your goals for for the next uh well so so my plan is now is i've got this improvements to onboarding working oh like i need to just finish up uh, a few things on that, but it's, it's, it's a technical technicality rather than a problem. And now as I have the my improvements to the, the UI and stuff, I'm, I, I plan to send out a bunch of invites this weekend. So that's hopefully, fingers crossed, nothing goes wrong <laughs> between now and then, and then see what happens and see what the feedback is from that. And the other, I guess the, the bit of development, which I've been putting off, but I'm realizing that I should do it just because I need to do it sooner rather than later. And so I had some interesting feedback from somebody this week that was, they were like, well, I'd be, I'd be paying for this. And I'm like, oh yeah, I probably should wire up payments, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to have a go wire up paddle because I've got permission. I'm on the system. I can create subscriptions and stuff on it now. So I'm going to have a first go at just wiring that up and, and seeing what's involved because I haven't really looked into it too deeply. So that's... That's a technical thing. I guess also the all of the other features that I've got to work on, they're all bigger features. So I'm kind of like feel it's a good time to take a breather and just that's why I've been kind of doing some of the UI tweaking and fiddling just because the, the the next steps are all much bigger things to take on. So it's like, okay, let's get the onboarding working. Let's get subscriptions working. Let's get you know the UI tidied up a little bit. Just kind of iron out all of this where I am right now and get mm -hmm. that looking good and working to its best before I then take on a big new feature. Right. So that's, yeah. that's the next step. <laughs> nice. So. Awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see how it works out with uh, paddle also. Me too. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah it's, it, it, it all looks very straightforward and they've got a nice simple webhooks interface and you know, it looks very straightforward. They've got a sandbox so I can try it all out in and yeah, there doesn't look to be any reason why it's going to be difficult but obviously not done it yet so <laughs> yeah <laughs> we will learn all right well good luck with that cool thank you <laughs> yeah all Thanks right so. if you don't have anything else i think we can wrap it up here sounds good excellent all right alan cool it's been great okay. i'll see you in two weeks good luck in your coding <laughs> all right thank uh, you hope the, hope the new are you starting the new job next week did you say oh week after no no i'm starting at the end of august oh cool so you got a bit of time yeah. off as well yep excellent so yep. full yep. steam ahead on fusion cast then for august yeah <laughs> excellent <laughs> and some downtime as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah of course <laughs> you you've earned it <laughs> thank you cool. thank you That's all right alan take care see you. see you